Welcome to FisherCast, the Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers. Oh, shoot, we didn't decide who was going first. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right. I think we should do that again, Robin. <laughs> oh, no, this is perfect. Keep going. Oh, God. Okay, I'm Moira. <laughs> <laughs> it's a giggle cast. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it, it, in this show, you got to get as many giggles as, in it as you can. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> we have somebody else here with us. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm here. I'm Des. Okay. Uh, well, this is a uh, the pilot episode of the Fisher cast for the pilot episode of Six Feet Under. We're here to talk about the show Six Feet Under. Let me quickly explain the concept to everybody. Uh, I am a, a big fan of Six Feet Under. I watched it in its original run um, way back, you know, years ago or whatever, maybe like five, six years ago when it ended. Um, and you guys are newbies. Absolutely. I've never seen the show, never seen even one minute of it, but <laughs> but was told about it. But one of my best friends when it was playing and she... Uh, uh, encouraged me to watch it, and I just never got around to it, and I always intended to. So this is just the perfect opportunity. Excellent, uh, Desdi. What is your experience with Six Feet Under? I really didn't have one until now. I mean, I'd heard of the show, but I never watched it or anything. And then, you know, when you were talking about doing doing the podcast, I was like, "Ooh, I want to do it." <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to be a, a I wanted to be a newbie, you know. Uh, because I've seen all of Buffy, so for potential casts, you know, I'm I'm one of the people who have already seen everything. So this is this is cool. Exactly, and it's good to reference that because anybody who's just joining us for FisherCast and has you know kind of sought us out on the internet uh, under like Six Feet Under podcast or something like that, uh, this this whole idea is modeled on um, a uh, podcast called The Potential Cast, and you can find that at potentialcast.blogspot.com. And uh, basically they have a person who's seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and they have three other people that haven't. And so they, w- they're they watching the show episode by episode as we're going to do here. And uh, I'm going to have my own take on things and you guys are going to have your fresh <laughs> new take on things. And, uh, you know, we will have a, a, a fun time doing it. So, um. Yeah, so Six Feet Under, it's uh, it's a show that was on HBO from, I think, uh, year 2001 to 2005. There's five seasons. There's like 12 to 13 episodes a season. So we're thinking this will probably be uh, a podcast that will run maybe a little over a year. We've all made the commitment to do it, and we might have some guests on in the future. Um Anyway, uh, anything before we go on? No, nope, I think you can just plow right ahead, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right. So our next little segment we're going to do every week here is called the Darwin Award. Since um, Six Feet Under deals with death and sometimes hilarious death and death in a quirky fashion, I thought a great little opening to our show would be discussing a Darwin Award uh, recipient. And the Darwin Award is um, a person that's commemorated um, by protecting our gene pool by making the ultimate sacrifice their own lives. Um, so really, really kind of dumb deaths. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a story here from Portland, Oregon. This is in 2004. 
Diane, a 56-year-old bus driver with 22 years of experience, pulled into the Sunset Transit Center shortly before noon. She was running six minutes late and was eager to use the bathroom. After waiting impatiently for her passengers to disembark, Diane hurried off the bus, leaving the engine in gear and running with no parking brake engaged. (laughs) She walked around the front of the bus, reached in the driver's window to pull the lever that closes the door. Now, the bus is equipped with automatic brakes that keep it from moving as long as the doors are open. Once the doors shut, the brakes release, and after one, after one and a half seconds, uh, it starts moving forward. So as Diane passed in front of the bus on her way to the toilet, she suddenly found the 15-ton bus, 15 bus creeping slowly towards her. Now, she could have jumped out of the way. In fact... <laughs> She could have ambled out of the way. Instead, (laughs) witnesses watched her push against the bust with her arms outstretched in an effort to stop it. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. (laughs) The mass of a bust is is more than 200 times the mass of an adult woman. You do the math. The bust did indeed stop eventually due to circumstances other than Diane's efforts. Paramedics (laughs) arrive within minutes to find Diane dead beneath the bust. An investigation blamed the accident on operator error. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that so. was a very appropriate story for this episode. Yes, yes very. With the yeah. Bus death. yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's our Darwin Award for today's episode. Let's get into our open casket viewing. Okay, so I need to read the uh, the precy of the pilot, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Here we go. All right. On Christmas Eve, Nathaniel Fisher, owner of the Fisher and Sons Funeral Home, is killed when a bus hits his new herbs. The tragedy casts a pall on the homecoming of prodigal son Nate, who has just met Brenda, a woman who might change his life. Instead of a restful vacation, Nate now has to deal with the fragile egos of his grieving mother, Ruth, and his resentful brother, David, as well as his younger sister, Claire, who, having smoked crystal meth just before she heard the news, is in no state of mind to handle them. Uh, and yeah, this is uh, written and directed by Alan Ball, who is the creator of the show. He's the writer. He does a lot of the um, the writing in the episode or the the, the the direction of the show. And do you guys know Alan Ball from anything else, perhaps? It not sounds very any, familiar. Really? Not to me. I have no clue. Um, Alan Ball was the writer of the movie American Beauty, and he did this show soon after that. And he mm-hmm. is now the uh, writer on True Blood. Ah, oh, uh, so. that's that's why I heard it, True Blood. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Want to get to some notes on the episode? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why don't you guys go first? Des, why don't you kick off? Okay. Um, I was excited to see a lot of people I recognized in the show. Like oh, yeah? Peter Krause, because he's always hot. And then uh, Dexter. <laughs> Dexter, who's never hot, and uh, um, Michael C. Hall. Yes, I can't ever remember his name for some reason. And then the mom, the mom, uh, what's her name? Frances Conroy. Yes, Frances Conroy. And then the sister, Lord Ambrose. I loved her and can't hardly wait. (laughs) Uh, That's right. (laughs) That's the only place I've ever seen her. But as soon as I saw her on screen, I was like, oh my God, it's the girl from Can't Hardly Wait who does it with Seth Green. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh what's his name freddy rodriguez yes mm-hmm. i i like him too he looks very young in this show um but yeah i was very excited to see all these people i i knew um 
and and I like that. Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Michael C. Hall, the character's name. David. 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 Yes. David plays a gay character. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, both the gay characters in this show are not actually gay in real life. Wow, so they, they it do. might take you back by <laughs> they do well, don't they? <laughs> how good the smooching is! Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, what were your first impressions, Moira? I, right off the bat, I, just looking at the opening sequence, I thought right mm-hmm. away, "Oh, oh, I like this uh, sort of." Well, I, I did think quirky, jangly kind of music. You know, it, it already had mm-hmm. me watching, and then you know we get our classic little tree symbol. I, I, I just thought, "Oh, this is great." So perfect, right? You know, six feet under. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and then they launch immediately into this ridiculously bizarre ad, you know, for her. Yes. That all, all I could think was, okay, I'll quote them. They said, sleek, sophisticated, seductive. And I went, huh? This is just, this is just creepy. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. oh, God, which way is this show going? Like right off the bat. <sighs> so I was kind of relieved. When I was relieved when it jumped to a Christmas scene after that, I thought, okay, okay, it's not going to be all like people having sex in hers. It's good God. Right. <laughs> I was wondering what was up with those commercials. Uh, I, is it just in the pilot or is it something yes. that goes on? Okay, because that was no. just, I don't know, a little too goofy, I thought. Yeah, the uh, every episode of uh, Six Feet Under opens up with a death. And, uh, and then you see how that death relates to the rest of the episode. <laughs> But yeah, this this uh, the commercials. Uh, we had like four different commercials. We have the funeral coach. We have how about the embalming? Fluid oh, that one was with just the sexy uh, guy. Oh, that was that, so bizarre. Really weird. And the shake this the salt shakers with the earth in them. And I thought it looked like it looked like a, a Gap commercial, right? Like That's it, exactly oh, what Alan Ball wanted. God. Yeah, it worked, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, they were they were sort of uh, like. Creepy in a weird kind of way, but they made me laugh, you know, because they were just so strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought yeah. it was so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he. I, I listened to the commentary for you guys, and uh, the, one one of the notes I have here is basically he he wanted to kind of uh, show how ridiculous commercials are, and you know, you'd never see these these mm. these commercials <laughs> in real life, but you know, this that that last one was definitely modeled on the Gap commercial. <laughs> And how like sex sells uh, a lot of stuff, and how weird it would be to have sex selling uh, embalming fluid. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was yeah. yeah sufficiently creepy and ridiculous. Well done. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. And then and then the, the next sequence uh, when Nathaniel's driving in in the hearse, right? Mm-hmm. And they're playing Bing Crosby, and I'm like, this is great. This is so cute. He's listening to. <laughs> Whatever it was, you know, Christmas song. I just thought it was. I don't know. That's how it was kind of cute. I I I love uh, Nathaniel uh, <laughs> Senior. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is such a cool guy. You know, he's always. Um, people always seem to talk to talk about him like you know he was just like a mean guy, but it, he seems like really kind of like. I don't know, the cool guy behind the scenes, you know? Well, like, he's kind he, of tongue-in-cheek, isn't he? Like, yeah. I mean, he's driving along in his hearse, and I kept looking at his eyes going, buddy, your eyes aren't even open. Are you even, like, looking at the road? Like, it's no wonder you're going to get smucked by a bus. <laughs> Just, he, right. was, he was funny. But and then I thought it was ironic because Ruth is, you know, nagging him about his smoking, and she says, you know, you're going to die a slow and horrible death. I'm like, oh, not so much. <laughs> well, it's funny. I think, um, you know, 
I don't know when House started, mm. but if you watch House, they have the same kind of thing opening up every one of those episodes. Is somebody gets hurt and ends up in the hospital, and you're waiting to see mm-hmm. how that person's going to get hurt. So, <laughs> I mean, we we had we had a bit of misdirection in this first one, even though this is this is actually um, this is not just some uh, some person that dies uh, like in the other episodes, but this is like one of the main characters, whatever. Um, you get the heart. She she asked him about if he's taking the heart medication. Mm-hmm. So you're waiting for a heart attack to happen and the smoking. Mm-hmm. And is he, is he gonna? I don't know. Crash because of the smoking. But uh, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes a bus. Yeah, it was great. That's great. And, <laughs> yeah, and I'm and looking at Ruth, and I thought, okay, my first impression of Ruth was, oh my god, she dresses like Ma in Little House on the Prairie, <laughs> <laughs> right? And she's a control freak. I went, whoa, oh joy, this is you know, yeah. Oh, like the, whole, the whole first half of the episode, actually, I I was not loving this family. You know, I was um, yeah. kind of thinking, okay, I'm not finding much here for me to, you know, that appeals to me. They all just mm-hmm. seem really weird. But it got better. I'll get to that later. It got it got better. They were, they were very dysfunctional. <laughs> oh yes, without the fun, right? Without the fun and dysfunctional, they they were right. just the diss. Yeah. Well, it seems like you know. I mean. I, I, I personally, I don't know if what, what your you folks uh, uh, here I am stuttering. What, what do you guys get from uh, you know had an experience with death or death in the family or anything like that? But like my father, when he passed away, it seemed like that one pillar that was holding everything up uh, was taken away, and we all kind of you know changed or our real selves kind of came out or and some of us acted really selfishly and some of us you know uh kind of lost it some of us just clammed right up and it seems like the same thing really happens with the fisher family i i really relate with how this whole thing goes down well i think because you've seen them through the whole uh series Mm -hmm. you have a much better idea you know who they are obviously so for us seeing them for the first time it's just more Mm -hmm. like wow are they going to have yeah. more than one um, facet to them? You know what I mean? Like I, I was yeah, hoping I, they'd be a little more multidimensional. And of course, they've become that. But I'm just saying the initial <laughs> flush, you know, impression was, okay, Ruth, control freak. Got it. You know? <laughs> Next. David, Boy Scout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> An effing Boy Scout. Yeah. <laughs> According to his little sister. Yeah. He was a lot like his mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah, was a yeah. bit of a control freak. And then mm-hmm. our first glimpse of Nate, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's that's mm-hmm. we got some man candy. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> thank you. All right, <laughs> I can keep watching now. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you guys think of uh, the Nate and Brenda? Um, you know, the airport scene when when you first see the two of them together. <laughs> um, before it, the closet, I mean, even before the closet. Before the closet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well. I just thought, you know, he he, he was talking to a uh, a friendly woman on the the plane. I mean, I, I here I, I'm giving my first reactions as a person that's just rewatched it, uh, so I can't really I can't really say well, exactly. What, I was like, oh, there's Brenda. Uh, well, it's okay. She to me, she's when she's standing, and she takes her sunglasses off and she starts appraising him like, like he's a piece of I don't know toast with honey, mm-hmm. you know, and she wants mm-hmm. to lick the honey off. Like she's just. Absolutely sizing him up. So when she says, "Yeah, not that kind of ride," <laughs> I thought, yeah. "I thought, Nate, come on, have you not seen the body language yet, buddy?" <laughs> anyway, so it didn't surprise me where that went whatsoever. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's just sitting there considering with the yeah, with yeah. sunglasses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Anyway, 
And what a and what a uh, strange way to find out that your father died. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in the back closet after having sex with a girl while she's like sucking on your nipple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... I can think of no better way to find out. You know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man. Okay, and then the scene where. Um... When Ruth gets the news, right, she gets the phone call and she's in the kitchen yes. with her pot roast. And I have to be honest, see, again, my first instinctive reaction to that scene was, okay, holy shrieky hyperventilating pot roast <laughs> rampage. Like, but it was just so over the top. Yeah. And I just kind of went, oh, God, I hope, you know, they're not, she's not going to be so shrill for this whole, um, you know, series, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so again, at this point, I'm still not feeling really warm about it, Robin. I'm feeling a little it's dubious, okay. you know. But anyway, that's just. How I think it seems. it shows how tightly wound she really mm. is, and right. she just, uh, you know, she is so controlled, and and you know, she's she's played this role for so long, and then her world turned upside down, and she just lost control. I liked mm-hmm. it. I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Hmm. See, and it didn't see. I just kind of went, yeah, okay. Oh, I'm, I was just sort of appraising and thinking, eh, I'm gonna wait and see what I think. But yeah, yeah. Again, this is like <clears throat> first impressions <throat> of these characters, and it's it's funny to kind of come into this <clears throat> in like their worst moment ever, you know. <clears throat> so yeah, um, yeah. Uh, honestly, as 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 the show goes on, I mean. I mean, I love every one of the Fishers, but uh, Ruth ends up being like one of my favorites, huh. and and that's strange to say, it sounds, but uh, uh, she's just so. I don't know. She's she's got this really uh, strange way of dealing with things, and and it all comes back to, you know, being that perfect housewife, and then her insides kind of fighting against that as well no i think i mean yeah i'm not trying to say i don't like her yet i'm just saying just first you know my very first gut reaction was hmm you know so we'll see yeah well i we'll see she okay she reminds me of my granny okay because uh, <laughs> okay my granny married my papa and they were together forever and she was she was the housewife she made his dinner she did everything for him she you know, I mean, she took care of him. That was her role from yeah. the time she was just out of her teens to when he died, like five years, no, 10 years ago now, somewhere around there. Um, and then when he died, uh, you know, she stopped cooking. Mm-hmm. She just stopped cooking because that's what she, she had to feed him every night. She never cooks anymore. She goes out to eat all the time. <laughs> you know, she just, it's like, she was in that role so long. She was. She had to do that part so long. Once it was gone, mm-hmm. she just went. You know, rebelled against it. Yeah. 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 I I have to say, and it we come to like one of my favorite lines of the episode when uh, Ruth tells David, uh, "There's been an accident. <laughs> the new hearse is total. Your father is dead, <laughs> and my pot father is, is ruined." <laughs> In my powers, this is really I know. <laughs> That's it's great. So it's great. Yeah, yeah. And by then she's calm, right? By then she's calm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Back under yeah. control. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and and as the episode goes on, she's she's more concerned with everyone else than 
getting to her own emotions. I mean, she <laughs> freaks out, but she's she covers that back up with like she's in the car with Claire mm-hmm. and she said, "Have you been having sex? Have mm. you been doing drugs? I need to do this now. This is I you know, your father's not around anymore, so I need to, you know, preserve this relationship." Mm-hmm. Cuz she's the caregiver. She's mm-hmm. her, her main duties of taking care of her husband are gone. So now mm-hmm. she has to, you know, take care of those children, you know, even more so than usual because that's her role and that's how she knows herself. And do you think some of it too is because she's because of what they do for a living and she sees people grieving like this every day that she um sort of feels like, okay, I, I know what step I'm supposed to go through. Like when she tells Claire, okay, you have to eat because we're still living, right? right? So it's as if, all right, I, I know that we have to carry on. I can be strong. It's almost, to me, it's almost like she's just trying to um, put on that front, you know, that I can still be sort of the rock of this family, but it's this tiny crisp little shell that you just know is going to break, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's and, what I sense. Like she's trying and she's doing her best, but yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it's just like it's they they've been. I mean, David goes through the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the business they've been dealing with. This he they know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they're waiting for um, Nate to identify, he comes back from identifying his father. Um, you know, she asks him, "Is going to be hard to restore him because mm-hmm. so we want to have an open casket? Yeah. Because if we don't have an open casket, it doesn't look good for us." Mm-hmm. So but she's it's like a cover up though. You know, if at first glance you're like, What a bitch. But no, you know? see no, see I didn't think that. I thought, oh yeah, right. I get it. She's totally falling back on what's familiar and because and, familiarity is comfort, right? So yeah. it's like I'm gonna fall back on the things I know because I can't make sense of this right now. That's why Yeah. I, I got the same vibe from her. She's she's so just she's so distraught uh and and kind of in shock that she's just going to what she knows to deal with the situation instead of breaking down. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly what's going on. And that's I, funny. Okay, go ahead. I was, and I love the part, the first time we see David and he's he's doing that visitation for the other family, right? And mm-hmm. they have that fantasy sequence where he's screaming. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, then, and then they come back and really he's not. And I thought, oh, right away, I thought, oh, this is going to be cool. If they're going to have these little fantasy bits all through. And of course, then I get my wish fulfilled because they do through the yeah. whole thing. And I thought, this is great. What a great little plot device. I love it. Um, I loved when he's talking to the babbling girl, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, so much for your law school dreams. You know, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Right away, mm-hmm. you get you get the sense of what's been going on. And then he actually screams in, yeah. in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and she got, <laughs> you know, freaks out. God. It was, it was just great. She looked like, that chick looked like something out of Mad Men. She, her outfit with her little pearls. and Yeah. 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 We'll, we're going to see her again soon. So. Oh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, taking a diversion from the characters, you were talking more about, we were talking more about the quirkier moments. I mean, so... One of the big things, one of the big um, devices they use is, um, well, we see Nate Sr. Uh, a bit after he's already dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what, what did you guys think of that? Um, I, I sort of thought um, it's, it's interesting what his function was during this show. Like he came and he kind of chastised the boys, right? Because he, mm-hmm. the first time we see him with Nate, it's the scene where, you know, Nate was a little kid and he was scared of the dead bodies. And he reminds him about that, right? Yeah. And then with Dave, it's it's uh, leaning over him when he's working on his dad, and he's chastising him because he said, "Oh, you know, you're really not very skilled at that." God, good thing I didn't lose an <laughs> ear, you know. And then with Ruth, it's where he's standing behind her when she's looking in the mirror, and he says, "I know Ruth," yeah. 
So it's like he comes to everybody and he just just takes that arrow right to the heart of them, you know, and needles them with the one thing he can needle with. Um, Although not Claire, I don't think. Well, Claire has her own uh, moment with Mm -hmm. him at the end of the episode, Mm -hmm. which is great. And and uh, Des, what what did you think? Um, it it was okay. It wasn't my favorite part of the show, but oh really? uh, Yeah, he. I I guess he was. They he was like their their inner. um, Oh crap! What's the word I'm thinking of? Yeah, uh, conscience or voice or more like. their he's, doubts and you know what I mean? Their insecurity. Their yeah. Insecurities. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. their inner insecurities, you know, coming out and I guess they're, they're just visualizing him, you know, it's giving them, you know, their, their, uh, the stuff that they are. I, I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> but let me, let me ask you, uh, did, did, did you guys like, did you guys, when, you, when we first see him, did you guys go, oh, this show's about ghosts? No. No? Oh, no. Yes. no. No, I was no, worried I for, for a little bit. I was like, okay, hopefully this is not them actually seeing a ghost. Hopefully it's just them projecting. Because, you know, I mean, if, if my dead father appeared over my shoulder while I was working on something, I would probably freak the hell out, not just go, hmm, yeah, you're probably, you, you've always been like this, haven't you, blah, 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 you know? Um, yeah, it's so, so yeah, it's it's more of a um, thing they use to get some inner monologue out, you know? It, right. The, the, these, might, the, these uh, you know, it's, it's um, what is it, like a faulty narr- a narrator or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not probably... Nathaniel Sr. Right. This is their perception of Nathaniel Sr. Right. Yeah, which is why it's interesting that all of them, that's when I was saying that he's skewering them. It's just interesting that's where all their heads were at, right? They were all Mm -hmm. wrapped up in, uh, yeah, their worst fears or their insecurities or whatever you want to call it. It's just interesting. But I I loved when he shows up in his Hawaiian shirt and his lawn chair and his little umbrella (laughs) drink, you know? And I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. He's kicked back watching his own funeral. That was just, I just thought that was funny. And that was, that made me laugh. uh, that was Claire, mm-hmm. you know. That mm-hmm. was Claire's perception of her, his father, her father, um, and I love the, the, you know, and she's thinking about death and mm-hmm. you know where her father might be right now, and she, you know, they they're talking about no more bullshit, no more boredom, no more waiting to die, you know. So yeah, that line got me when she said that. I thought, oh wow, that's where your head's been at, Claire. Really? Yeah. Well, at, at all of what, what is she? Sixteen, seventeen, or something, right? Uh, I believe she's 17. Yeah. I mean, she's, I think she's an 11th grader in this, yeah. this season. Okay. So, um, cool. Uh, how about we talk a little bit about David? Okay. I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go first, Des. <laughs> um, I, I don't dislike David. Um, I, I can identify with him some. You know, I mean, uh-huh. he suddenly just realized he just, he, he's, what is he, 30 something and mm-hmm. he's not where he wanted to be. He's, uh, you know, in this life that he just kind of, you know, fell into because of his family and he didn't get to go to law school like he wanted. And now he's got all this responsibility on him and, um, and he's a bit of a, uh, 
what's the word I'm trying to think of? A very um, self-controlled and uh, mm-hmm. I, I like – the way he deals with everything, you know, I can identify with that too because I'm one like that. Very, you know, in times of grief or whatever, I'm very controlled and I do not let it out. Until, you know, until I absolutely have to. And then it's, it's, you know, just a a mess. But uh, (laughs) I kind of like him. I mean, he's a little, a little uh, anal and uh, (laughs) 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 just a little stick up his butt. But um, hopefully he'll loosen up just a tad. I think that... (laughs) I like how you, never mind. Go ahead. What? No, no your your word usage. Oh. Is really funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, <laughs> I do do that other podcast, um, uh. but yeah, I I think that he and Nate they could really do well um, influencing each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, Nate's very. <sighs> just go with the flow kind of guy and mm-hmm. uh, David's more of a, you know, structured, rigid guy and they should rub off on each other a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think that would help both of them. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we'll get, we'll probably get to more about that in the next episode, but um, I mean, David is a closeted homosexual yeah, you know that's that's a big part mm-hmm. of this, and um, uh, it, it's interesting how um, you know how he deals with this, and then like when when his uh, his boyfriend Keith shows up to uh, pay respects to his father, um, he says that he's uh, he's my racquetball partner. <laughs> <laughs> First, Ruth is like, you know, a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what was with that? With this, what was with the family being so freaked out that they knew a cop? Because it wasn't just Ruth who said it too; it was Claire, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. do they have? Are they anti-cop? <laughs> like, what is the problem in this family? <laughs> I, I, I just think like it's just a surprise that uh-huh. David, who um, probably doesn't have too much of a life, is hanging yeah. out with somebody who's you know serves the community or whatever, and, and <laughs> like, where did they, just out of the blue? Like, I would probably be like, uh. uh at first taken aback if uh my wife all of a sudden told me or so one of my family members told me that they're like friends with like a cop you know and they showed up especially with him showing up in the uniform too mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that's another it just kind of puts you off a little bit i mean well we all I, know I, how you feel about cops robin I, yeah yeah i was gonna yeah, say I, you're I, biased I, <laughs> I i i brought up on another podcast how i'm uh I'm not i don't i don't hate cops i'm just scared of cops i'm scared of the <laughs> scared of the power that cops have and maybe especially i guess maybe ruth is just like huh you know kind of like looking up from her kleenex but claire is you know she's in the drugs and you know she might be a little bit more worried about it oh well yeah probably but she's perceptive she sees she saw she knew she she knew that was great that were a couple. Yeah. yes and uh it's sad to me though that he doesn't feel like he can you know come out to his family i guess he's still ashamed of you know being gay which is really sad you know mm-hmm. and then probably terrified about their response to him right it's yeah. a scary. It's a scary thing to come out to your family. That's pretty terrifying for people. Yeah, um, it's hard to do. I, I do think it was 
really kind of sweet the way Claire spotted uh, um, Keith and uh, and Dave from across the room, and you know she yeah. has that moment of recognition where she goes, "Oh, okay, I get it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's made that it touched his face. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and yeah. she was okay with it. She yes, you could tell that. Fine. And I yeah. think Nate probably might be okay with it too. Mom might be a little more old school, you know. <laughs> Although, hey, you never know because look at what Ruth. Uh, reveals to us as she's looking at her dying husband and is ushered into the quiet room. The quiet room, room, yeah. And she reveals her her affair. Yes. Uh And I did not see that one coming. No, no. She she didn't seem the type. No. So then then at this point, this is about the point in the episode where I kind of go, okay, we've got the gay brother, the cop boyfriend, the philandering mom. This is getting way more interesting now. <laughs> yes. I thought, okay, this family has layers. I'm liking this. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, it was so uh, funny, the reactions, too. Uh, Nate was just fine with it, you know? I mean, hmm. and then David was like, I, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. Yeah. 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 I loved, I loved you know, the, Nate and David's different ways of seeing how things should go for this whole, the wake and the funeral. Yes. I loved, I loved Nate's uh, flashback of being off the coast of Sicily and seeing these women like freaking mm-hmm. out over, over a, a casket and um, how he thinks that, you know, it shouldn't be so polished and, you know, he says that the, the, the funeral is so sanitary, mm-hmm. you know, everything's so sanitized, you know, it, why can't we feel emotions and why do we have to, why do we have to, um, um, you know, why should we even be embarrassed of other people seeing like how well, messed up we are? Yeah. Well, and it's the same thing like David, much like his mother, relies on the familiar and the routine and you know the rituals to get him through right he wants to keep everything the way he is used to seeing it so that he can deal with it and nate's completely rebelling against that and and what i thought was so cool was that nate really got what his mom needed like even though david's the one living that family and he sees her all the time and nate's been off in seattle nate flies back in as a prodigal son (laughs) and and intuitively because he seems quite intuitive he gets that you know what this is not what's good for mom. She and you know, for instance, she needs to unburden herself and tell us this dirty secret, and that's fine. This is about what she needs right now. It's not about how it affects us right this minute. So I, I was really impressed with him that way. Like I thought, okay, you're not just a fly by night, you know, screw the girl on the airplane guy. There's a bit more to you. Um, so I thought again, you know, there's these little extra layers, and I and and I was anyway, I was just pleased to see that. I thought, oh, that's really cool, you know. And David. I'm, I agree with Des. I don't dislike David. I just think he's trying so – he's like a pot ready to boil over, right? Yes. You know, yeah. he's trying so hard to keep everything under control and keep up this illusion and live this double life. And I thought, man, that must take a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I like Nate a lot and I like his mm-hmm. view on things and I wish I could be more like that. But I am more like David. Really? That's interesting. I am. I'm, huh. I, I'm a lot like that. I'm very much – uh, you know, control structure, just, you know, keep everything bottled up kind of person. Not, I can't, I, I'm not very go with the flow, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not very, I, I'm all for the, the, the funerals that are very sanitary. I don't want to <laughs> see everyone's grief. It's so messy. And, you know, I, I, I can't keep mine bottled inside, 
if I have to see everyone else's. You know, it, I'm just that's. I'm I got to say, I I had a Nate Fisher size freak out at my father's funeral. I um, I pretty much started like, you know, getting really upset and was like, "What the fuck is this? What is that?" And I just like burst out into tears and like ran off pretty much by myself and. Uh, um, yeah, so I definitely relate to Nate a lot more. <laughs> well, I think it's in what, that sense it, too. It's what you said earlier. Everybody deals with their grief very differently, yeah. and uh, and it's not there's not a right or a wrong way. It's just what you need to do to get through it, right? So it's kind Moira, of, you're more of a Claire girl, right? You're all about smoking crystal meth. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that that's how I got through it. <laughs> I don't know about you, Robin. My mom died. I was right into my you know, caught up my pipe, and, and I was fine. It was great. I, I totally see that, Moira. I totally see that. <laughs> oh Lord, you know it's, it's funny. In, in truth, when I um, when my mom passed away, and we were having a visitation, and I, I took my daughter because my son was much more open about his grief, and he was crying, and it was very healthy and very good. And Emily was just, uh, you know, we're standing there by the coffin, and she just—it was like a two-hour visitation, and she never shed a tear. And we were just finally about to go, and she just sort of started to lose it. And I remember thinking. Thank goodness, because you know, at some point you have to cry about this. Um, so it's interesting because she didn't do it until everybody was gone. Until yeah. it was just me and her alone in that room, she couldn't yeah. do it till then. So, so yeah. you know, my point is everybody's very different how they how they yeah, cope and when they do it and all that. Anyway, oh, and I love this scene. You know, when uh, for David and Keith, just to get back to our characters and not us. Um, when uh, sure. <laughs> David and Keith, uh, when David goes to his apartment later, you know, after everything, and and uh, he kind of can't even articulate what he needs, and Keith just knows what to do and just holds him, and that that was very well done. I thought for two mm-hmm. straight guys, you know, <laughs> playing playing a, a gay couple, I thought that was very well done. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Well, I, I guess we, we, we talked about – I think one person we, we haven't talked about enough is uh, Claire before we uh, move on. Uh, what did you guys think of Claire? I mean, was there enough here of Claire that um, yeah, was you actually got a good sense of her? No, I was going to say to you, I don't, I don't think there was a ton. I mean, you just get the sense she's this – you know, a bit of a wild child, and apparently that was like her big brother, and you know, a bit of a rebel, and trying to find her way. Yeah. But you don't get a lot of a sense of her yet. And the only little clue was that that line we already mentioned about you know waiting to die. I thought, okay, where's your head really at? So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I thought it was a bit of a sketchy, um, you know, introduction to her. But I figure out ah, there'll be more on her later. You know, <laughs> they'll give us more I, later. I like Claire. I thought I, I was a wild child when I was a teen too, so uh, I can totally identify. Although I was probably a little worse than she was, but I, I liked her. The scene where she was putting the glue on her fingers—that yes. was something I used to do. You put the glue on your hand, let it dry, and then peel it off, and it looks like skin <laughs> peeling off. You know, I just—it just reminded me of my teenhood right there hey, yeah. yes i totally have never done that i don't oh think except ellen, ba- ellen ball except said he did that <laughs> what it, it's all- go ahead <laughs> i was just say alan ball said he did that did that you know when he was a teenager a lot yes. and that's why he put that in there that so do, do it one time Moira. it's I know, I've done it by accident like when you're oh. you know, doing some craft or something and it gets on your hand but like okay <laughs> i guess it's soothing <laughs> is it soothing I, yes <laughs> I, I don't know it's just kind of it's i just 
I enjoy doing it, you know, I just put the glue on my fingers and then, you know, peel it off like skin. And it was just one of those weird teenage things, you know, I, I don't know. I, but. I, I didn't go until the second viewing what the heck she was doing. Like the first time around, honest to God, I wasn't really paying attention. I thought, oh, she's putting like skin cream on or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until the second time I went, oh, that's Elmer's glue. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I love the uh, the the crystal meth scene. About oh, by the way, that that yeah. that is CGI smoke coming out of those pipes and out of their mouths. Yeah, uh, just so you know. Yes, and they edited it uh, strangely because, well, not strangely, they didn't mean to cut it out. But it, um, there one of the people on the couch was actually pregnant, huh? and they were gonna be. It was gonna be a little shocking that way. He said they didn't edit it out on purpose, but it just kind of like the scene flowed better without that shot in there. Oh, and um, Eric Balfour was the guy she was there smoking. Eric the Balfour, yes. yes, such an unattractive man. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if anybody likes him a lot. He looks I, like a horse face to me. Yes, <laughs> yes. I he's on Haven uh, on Sci-Fi, and I really yeah. like his character, but he's just very, very unattractive in the face. This is the Gabriel guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, one other thing about Claire I loved the whole when when she she finds out she's completely high and she's <laughs> trying to tell the rest of her friends this is what happened my father just got killed in a car crash or whatever and they're just like they just start laughing mm-hmm. yeah. and she starts laughing and then she's like well you know I'm gonna have to do this but everything's gonna burn a little bit brighter won't it you know yeah <laughs> because of the, because of she's a little sarcastic uh uh sassy <laughs> i like that yeah she is she's uh interesting well, I she, she, I think, yeah i like that scene <laughs> she's so much younger than her brothers and mm-hmm. I, I imagine that um she probably didn't get the attention that they did you yeah, know her that, parents get... were much older at the time so you know she's she's kind of a little bit wild because because of that well i yeah. got that sense too and then when you know when ruth is talking to her saying we don't you know we don't talk about anything important and you get the sense that she's not been yeah. as well tended in the garden as the first two boys were right <laughs> yeah <laughs> to- totally different upbringing you're right absolutely yeah uh yeah and um it, it's funny that I, I, I don't know if you notice it in these episodes, but I mean, it even took Alan Ball back. You know, I'm ta- talking about the commentary, um, how incredibly similar uh, Ruth and Claire look to each other, like how much they totally look like a mother and daughter. Yes. It, it's, mm-hmm. spooky. It, it's the red hair that really helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And her facial features, I see a little bit of, you know. Yeah. I like her little freckles. Claire's little freckles are cute. Yes. <laughs> but I did I did write down in my notes I said under Claire, what's her story? There's not much about her yet because I, you know, I thought there's got to be a lot more going on there too. So I'm going to be interested to see what we find out about Claire. So, you know, we got a lot of uh, teenage angst ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and of course one of the, I mean, just like your tree in the title sequence, another one of the most I- iconographic uh uh, images in this show is that is that green hearse? Oh, yeah, her, 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 yeah. Her, that is cool, isn't it? Really, that she drives a hearse. That just cracked me up. It's a little symbol of individuality there. Yeah, yeah. pretty nifty. And then we didn't talk too much about Brenda. Um, you know, our airplane oh, okay. girl. But I, I, uh, I did think to myself, wow. I mean, okay, daughter of shrinks, but still, she is pretty perceptive in in kind of a spooky way, almost. You know, she reads uh, Nate very well. 
So yeah. that's going to be fun to see whether, because when she walks away, um, like when they're in, after he identifies the body and she kind of says goodbye, I'm thinking it's really goodbye. And then she just keeps getting drawn back to him. I thought, okay, yeah. what is with that? So again, you know, that's just by, like I said, by the second half of the show, I'm much more intrigued wondering where it's all going to take us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had that discussion on the phone uh, while she was walking around by the pool, mm-hmm. kind of trading uh, uh, critiques of each other back and forth. Um, it, another little factoid, uh, they didn't actually have that scene in the script, um, but he put it in after HBO. <laughs> HBO returned his original script and told him it was a little too safe and it needed to be a little bit more fucked up. <laughs> and, and he's like, thank you, God. I never thought I'd ever get a note like that from a network. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, uh, excellent. So they had um, to have a little hissy fit fight in the middle of this, this show then, right? <laughs> yeah. A little tiff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the whole, uh, the cantaloupe hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah, that was, and the poor guy, man, the guy in the Santa hat, the little clerk boy, you know, the shop yeah. boy, he just looks so completely taken aback when she turns <laughs> on him and tells him to fuck off. <laughs> but it was just priceless. I'm like, I'd have said that too if I were you, Claire. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I had yeah. every He was the uh, fast food manager in American Beauty, just so you know. Oh, okay. Kevin Spacey's boss or whatever. Oh, or, man. Yeah. Yeah. Or a coworker. And at the very, very end, you know, when yes. uh, when Nate is, uh, he's gone for his run and then he sees his dad on the street by the bus stop and gets on the mm-hmm. bus, right? And we see his dad driving off and waving. And I'm thinking, okay, so does this mean Nathaniel's done? Like, in the sense that, you know, if he had been a ghost, right? Mm-hmm. You know what you came to do and now you're, you're gone and we're not going to see you again? Or what did, you know, what does that mean? Or I, I, I really didn't know what to make of that. I think I, I, I just know. think it was Nate saying, you know, saying goodbye, goodbye to him or whatever. Stay. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know which way to go. But I thought, okay, we'll wait and see. Wait and see for the next episode. Find out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it's funny uh, to make a little bit of a, a lost uh, reference. Uh, um, Alan Ball says he loves to make his protagonists run. He says, <laughs> he says, he says I'm not too subtle about that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna see Nate kind of, uh, you know, wanting to get out of the situation, or any situation he seems to fall into. You know, either taking it head on or like really trying to run away. Or you know, run, in his mind. run to the grocery store to get food. I thought it was cute. Did you notice the note on the door? It said, uh, on the like the refrigerator door, it had you know mm-hmm. cantaloupe, whatever, and then it said soy stuff for Nate. The mom was saying uh, <laughs> when she was talking to the dad, yeah, to get yeah. some of the soy milk. He said, "Just you know, get regular milk. He'll never notice the difference." <laughs> I just thought it was cute, and then I thought it was sweet. Like Nate sees that note and realizes, you know, his mom was trying to buy for him. I just thought it was cute. Right. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> well, um, I'm just looking over my notes to see if there's anything else from the commentary that I wanted to... Oh, we, we didn't say anything about uh, Frederico. Oh! Frederico loves his job! Yeah. yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> adorable. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, Shirley, I remember Shirley. Yeah, that ear, you know? He's hilarious. <laughs> I like him. I do, too. I think he's adorable. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah, that, that scene actually was all improv, according to the commentary. Oh, cool. Though. Like they just basically said, go sit with this woman and pretend you're talking to her, and they put a mic on him and whatever. Um, and the picture that he shows mm. Nate of his son Julio is actually uh, Freddie's real son. Oh. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. The the corpse of uh, Nathaniel Senior, by the way, is all latex. It's hmm. a latex corpse they made. The only time Richard Jenkins, um, who plays Nate Senior, um, sat in for the body was actually in the coffin mm-hmm. when when they're you know because they wanted to make it look like this is how good their work is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. But it said that it, it really kind of freaked him out when he saw his own corpse. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says they do that a lot on the show, and the the actors that play the people that they make latex corpses of um, get really kind of freaked out by seeing their dead body. You know, it'd be a little off putting. <laughs> I, I would yeah. think. <laughs> Man. Uh, oh, and the Polaroids that uh, Rico. Yes, them. I love that when he's telling that story about the gunshot. You know, the the murder suicide, <laughs> and he's just so hyped up and he's so proud. And I thought, oh my god, it's like it's like any kind of geeky nerd, right? He could be a yeah. computer guy, but he just happens to be a death restoration guy. <laughs> so it's so adorable. Yeah. Uh, and those, all those pictures actually are. Uh, crew members of Six Feet Under with their faces digitally altered. Oh, that's uh, cool. So they all just get, went in there for Polaroids, basically. <laughs> See, this is good. You can look at the commentaries and tell us all these little tidbits. Yeah. You know, God yeah. knows it's not safe for us, but anyway. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> listen to that know, first one. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, guess, uh, I, I guess that's it for our open casket viewing. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about Hmm, I think. Okay, so um, let's move on to our next segment called Fisher of the Week. Woohoo! And- <laughs> do, do we get music for that? The Fisher of the Week? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> probably not. Uh, it might be a new title card that just came okay, up in your cool. AAC in the AAC feed. feed. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, since this is Fisher cast, uh, we have um, Nathaniel Sr., we have Ruth, we have David, Nate, Claire. Um, so we, we're going to elect a Fisher of the Week every episode uh, who, who came out on top or who's, who was your favorite this week. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll start with the person that's talking the least, Des. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. It's hard to decide because um, they all were kind of, uh, you know, interesting in their own way. But I'm going to go ahead and say Nate because uh-huh. he got it on with a stranger in an airport uh, closet. So, <laughs> yeah, I admire That's that. Good. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Well, it's funnily enough, I want to pick Nate, too. Mm-hmm. But not for the sex. <laughs> Although that was good, and I liked the scruffy beard. Did you notice yes. when he when he was in Sicily, he was clean shaven? And I was thinking, oh no, I like you much better with the scruff. But anyway, he had a little bit of a mullet too. <laughs> he had what? Sorry, he had a little bit of a mullet. He had a little yeah, yeah, back, yeah. It wasn't you know? working for me. Not working for me. No. Um, but no, I I picked Nate, but for a different reason because Nate was really he was like our family glue. He was our go to guy. I think this episode. Yeah. He kind of held everything together, so I thought that's that's pretty cool. Absolutely, so, yeah. Um, was... And, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna elect Nate as well this week. Uh, don't worry, we don't worry. Rest of the Fishers, we have chances to get to you <laughs> as we go on. But uh, I love. I mean, we this whole this whole thing really. I mean, we kind of come into this just like Nate does, you know. And I love the way he deals with, uh, especially the funeral scene. I really identified with that. The whole tossing the salt mm-hmm. shaker and mm-hmm. it's like screw that it's like what he's it's like he's making popcorn over there 
<laughs> so, uh, all right, that's cool. That's our fisher of the week, I guess, is Nate. And let's move on to listener eulogies. So uh, in here we have is our feedback section. And this week, uh, knowing that uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the first episode of Six Feet Under, uh, Stephanie, who actually um, is watching along with us for the first time, um, sent in a uh, email. So you guys, any of you guys want to read that? So, uh, feedback from Steph. Um, it says, hello, FisherCast. I just wanted to say hello and to wish you luck in this new endeavor to podcast an entire TV series. Mm. I'm, I'm so excited to be watching for the first time along with you guys and hearing your thoughts. Six Feet Under is one of those shows I miss, but has been on my watch list. Here are a couple of things that stood out to me after watching the pilot. One, I do not think Nate is going back to Seattle. <laughs> you think <laughs> <laughs> two what's up with brenda i think a lot of surprising things about her will come out uh three i'm anxious to see how and when david comes out to his family although i bet claire will be the only one he combi- confides in for a while yet four daddy issues <laughs> uh slash uh prodigal son stories get me every time me too <laughs> not me <laughs> five i can see some Silent. <laughs> Toaster. Frankenskin job. Totally. Uh, five. I can see some similarities between this and True Blood, the advertising. Uh, mm. I'm really intrigued and I'm ready to hear what you guys have to say. Steph. Aw, thank you, Steph. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Steph. Steph, our inspiration for this yes. show. Yes. Yes. And our first official email. Very awesome. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Uh, She's talking about the advertising. I don't know. If she means like, uh, you know, how the, the the tree and all that, and the 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 even the title sequence. Um, a little fun factoid about that is uh, they used the music by uh, Thomas Newman, who was also the composer on American Beauty. Um, he he composed the music, and then they put the credits around that, and. You know, Alan Ball went through several different companies to try to find the perfect ones, and he thought these were great because they were abstract and spooky and also beautiful, and not just, you know, showing the actors' faces with their <laughs> names under it, you know. And uh, funny thing about uh, the tree, the tree actually isn't even in that field. They found the perfect tree, <laughs> and then they found the perfect field, and then they put it together digitally. The magic of television. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's it for our listener eulogies for this week. Um, please uh, send in some if you'd like to uh, talk on the podcast at FisherCast1 at gmail.com. Apparently, there's somebody who has a FisherCast Gmail that I want to share. What? Jerk. Yeah. So, FisherCast1 <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, so, let's get to our ratings, um, which is part of our last rights segment. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, any final thoughts and then maybe your ratings? Final thought would be um, if if I hadn't already committed <laughs> to watching this entire series, uh-huh. good God, um, I think truly after watching the pilot, I, I really was intrigued to want to see episode two. So I, I was a bit relieved, Robin. I thought, okay, oh, good. good. Maybe I haven't made a complete and utter <laughs> mistake here. <laughs> so yeah, it was like, oh, this, this could be okay. You know, this might not be uh-huh. so painful. <laughs> Thank right. God. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh so do you have a rating? Yeah, okay. I I do. I will give okay. this 
Um, because, you know, as I said in the beginning, I was a little dubious. I had, it took me about halfway through to warm up to this thing. So I would give it uh, 7 out of 10 uh, crystal meth pipes. <laughs> Des? Um, I also was, you know, a little worried. I started watching something else recently, which I'm hating. So I said, oh, oh what's that? Twin Peaks. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, sorry, Illyrio, but me. I hate it. Um, so I was worried. I was like, oh, I committed to this podcast. What if I don't like the show? Um, but I really I enjoyed the pilot. Um, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but uh, I don't think that was exactly it. Um, it was it was <laughs> interesting to me. You know, I wanted to know more about the characters. So mm-hmm. I really did like it. Um I'm in. Uh, good, <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Thank God you're not going to leave me. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, I, I'm definitely in. I, I look forward to watching more episodes. So that's always oh. a good thing. So ratings. Oh, God, I'm so horrible at ratings. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty much just going to pick an arbitrary number and, uh, you know, I, I like... This number sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm going to go with, like, okay, let's say seven because, you know, it was pretty good. It wasn't, like, oh, my God, amazing or anything. Right. So seven uh, super cool green hearses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and since I'm totally biased and I love this show, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Pina coladas. <laughs> wow, 10 out of 10. With I the little the umbrella. Pilot. With the umbrella. Yes, yes, with the little umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> I love the pilot. I think it's, uh, it, you know, I don't know. It's just uh, the way uh, it, it, it shows, you know, a family coming together after mm-hmm. a death. I just, I loved it. And obviously – this isn't the only time that's going to be dealt with, you know, it's this, this death is going to echo throughout the entire series. Um, you know, just as any sort of family death would affect you for the rest of your life. Um, so. okay. Okay. But you go easy on the foreshadowing there, buddy. Okay. Spoilers. Really? I don't want spoilers. I don't either. Well, obviously. No spoilers. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to say like <sighs> nobody else dies or anything like that. All right. Just, you know, I'm just saying, we have to, you know, we have to, the word we have to uh, absorb this in our own little way so you just yeah Good. be careful <laughs> all right so he <laughs> um, does i put him on notice okay good good Mara. i back you up Mara. <laughs> thank you and he says you're a diva <laughs> i know right <laughs> not that it's not true but <laughs> we know he's got two divas <laughs> oh boy well let's bury this one shall we okay uh, Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, you can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com or leave a voicemail at one five four one two inbalm. Or you can email us at fishercast1 at gmail.com. And also, you can send us an email if you want a guest for an episode. Yes. And where uh, it does, where will we find you guys on the web? You go first, Moira, because I think that's going to be longer. <laughs> okay. You can find me here. <laughs> Yay! My brand new Yay. first time ever in my life podcast, which is Woo-hoo! pretty cool. Yeah, I know. I think I should get a little cherry for How's that. How does it feel that it's, that it's all over with right now? I mean, well, you know, you're just beginning. That was, this is your first time. Ah, it, it, it was, you know what, Robin? It, it was good for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, right. And you can find me on Twitter. 
I'm Moira Brown on Twitter with an E on the end. That's where you can find me. <laughs> um, and you can find me several places. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm Sita Catherine on there. You can find me on my, one of my other podcasts, What's On with Stefan Dez, uh, which is a TV podcast. Um, or you can find me on Nonsense Cast, which is an explicit dirty podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and uh, as for me, find me uh, on Twitter at RobinMJ, and I'm also on a couple other podcasts, uh, Media Junkyard, and a podcast I do with Steph, which is Movie Snobbery. It's all about movies. And that's it for FisherCast this week. Next week, your homework is The Will. The Will. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> as for the pilot, we therefore commit this episode to the ground. Ashes, ashes to ashes, ashes, dust to dust, dust. to dust. I think we should all say that. <laughs> That's what I've decided. <laughs> Just the last part, don't you think? <laughs> That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Des, come on. You're supposed to diva eyes. Diva eyes. Shake your shell shaker. Yeah. And, uh, say say do, goodbye, everybody. Do your little gas thing. <laughs> Ta-ta. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh.
Oh 